Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Questions, but it is just a blather. No problem. This is lovely. Thanks so much for having me. I am with George Parsonage and George has been coined, quite rightly so, the Riverman. George, my first question to you is, have you always been drawn to the water? Of course I've always been drawn towards the water. I mean, when you're, when you're born in a lifeboat station right beside the river and your father's uh, the lifeguard, the, the officer of the Humane Society, You've got no no alternatives, you're just sucked right into it, you know. <laughs> I mean, the joke is that we could, the family could row before they could walk, you know, so, yeah. So you river, were born, river, is it this house? I was born in this house, yes. Wow, Aye. Jeez, Just up, upstairs in this house, yeah. Goodness! I mean, I, had, I was driving here, and for some reason, I mean, I've known, we'll get into how I know you, George, but I, I didn't even know you actually lived here, so you were literally born on the water. Yes. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So your dad was he your best pal? My dad certainly was my best pal. There's not there's not many people that can say that their father was their not just their dad that he was their hero and that he was their best friend. And sometimes we're working shoulder to shoulder in the river, and I would go as far as saying our lives depended on each other, but we just worked as a an absolute unit together. We were, we were just so, so much in harmony with each other. Mm. We knew exactly what yeah. each other would do. Yeah. And I'm yeah. even having to say yeah. probably a lot of the time. That's right. That's just amazing. Back to back, you knew exactly what your job was. So did you, you come with, from a big family? Did you have a, you know, brothers and sisters? I had uh, one brother and two sisters. Right, okay. Yeah. And all involved in some way, shape or form? All involved. My brother left quite early. He mm-hmm. went away down. He... When he did his national service, he more or less didn't come back. He'd right. get married and stayed away. Okay. That's fine. But my two sisters have always, they've always been involved. And my mother and now my wife Stephanie and Benjamin and Chris and my two boys were all, I mean, they've all been out in the water this morning. Is that right? Uh, Stephanie, <laughs> Stephanie was out rowing this morning, checking that everything was all right for the race tomorrow. And young Christopher, the younger one, he's a, he is in charge of the, what we call the novices, uh, the Strathclyde University Rowing Club. Ah, right, so he okay. was up the bank with him with his throw ropes and all his safety stuff, mm. looking after him, Brilliant. getting him all ready for this big race tomorrow. That's awesome. And Ben will be down in a wee while, now that they're away, <laughs> Ben will be down. And of course we've got the new officer, William Graham, mm. who's there just now. So. Aye, we're all we're all covering. This house it, must know. just be a hive of activity all the time. <laughs> yes, we've got we've got park men out just now cleaning. We've got these yellow gates on the river bank mm-hmm. where the life belts lie and the GPS signs for people and that, and they were getting a wee bit overgrown with you know over the summer way yeah. bushes and things. Aye, of course. So the park men are out just now. William's supervising that. The park men are out just now cutting down all the overgrowth at the yeah. at the gates to make sure that 
we hope there's no accidents on the river, mm-hmm. but if there is an accident on the river, it means you know people have easy access God, to yeah. get down the river bank. Where there just must part. be so much work that no job logs just doesn't realise that goes there into is. the, the yes. job that you've done for yes. over yeah. forty years now. Is that right? It's been a long time, yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably it's like a lifelong thing, really. Uh, You've been here from day well, dot. I, I started helping my father, uh, as my sons have done when mm. I was about. 13, 14 year old. Well, we're helping before that, but you were in at the, the, the deep end. <laughs> That's a good point. You were right in there at Aye. the age of 13, 14. And then when father died in 79, I took over entirely. But yeah, really, I mean... It's, and was that something it's like... a lifetime of work. Was it a mix of like a sense of duty or just a love for it? Going there to actually happen? was... There, there wasn't much choice because mm. uh, when father died, my mother was in a wheelchair. My sister was living here looking after my mother and we didn't have a house, we had nowhere to go, there was mm. we didn't know what the situation was. And even 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 for by that, there was the love of the river and you know, father died first thing in the morning and at lunchtime that day the police uh, police officers who didn't know that father had died phoned on an emergency. And of course I went out. You just go and you answer the emergency uh-huh. call and that and that's it. You were as I say, sucked right in again. Aye, you know? of course. No regrets. Goodness. You've got to do something in this world, and if you can do something worthwhile, go on with it. It's a, it's a bonus. It's, it's, it's a great honour to do something that helps other people. Yeah. And your dad helped so many people. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many people do you... Do you do you happen to know how many people you saved? No. You never, you never count the number you save, because <laughs> it's the old story of what is a rescue. Is a rescue somebody that's in partial danger or is it somebody that's actually in the water screaming for help? There's all there's all different kind of categories of rescue. So you never never really counted with rescues. And father certainly never counted all the rescues he was no. involved in. But what he was very proud of was and what the media didn't really understand. The media have this fascination with dead bodies fascination of people taking dead bodies out of the river. That's what they would focus own, on. Focus yeah, on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas my dad always said we took three to four times people out alive than we did yeah. dead. Yeah. And that, that that's what that's wonderful. Of course. And I mean I've lived That was that's I've, the goal. Yeah. Father's great proud boast was that he'd never seen him to drown. Mm-hmm. That when he was called out, if somebody was alive he always got them. And I've been very proud to follow in those footsteps. That's the real the real thing. So when we when I got this medal from London, they decided that I had rescued over fifteen hundred people, and that Father had rescued over fifteen hundred people. Right. Now there must have been an overlap there. We must have been working together on something. Uh-huh. Right. Aye. But I'm not going to go and try and figure out how many no. we, we rescued, how we did. No. Because you know, and then the thing is, like number, you know, it's a number. But for you. Every yeah. single experience oh. will be totally unique. Yes. All the people you've met and helped over the years and people yes. you've worked with, people that have been involved with, uh-huh. the Glasgow Humane Society, you, yeah. the stories that you must be able to recount mm-hmm. are just incredible and it's not about numbers. No. You know, it's about the experiences, the connections and helping yeah. people. Yeah, and what we're doing now is, now that we've got uh, Fire and Rescue doing the rescue work, it's given us a chance, what my dad always wanted, and that was, I mean, our, our original thing was to say prevention. Prevention mm. was the main 
thing. So we use the knowledge of what has caused accidents over the last 200 and whatever it is years to make sure that they don't occur in the future. And that, that's that's been a fa- yeah. that's been a fabulous thing. Of course. Like the men working this morning, this is all part of it. You Wonderful, know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. And for you, what is a typical day? Oh, there's definitely no typical day. Right, okay. You, you get up in the morning and you just don't know what's going to happen. You, you never know. Are there particular jobs that every day you need to do with the boats or is there things like, obviously maintenance I would imagine, but as someone who ha- ha- has no clue, like, I mean, when I met you George, I'm, I'm kind of almost embarrassed to say I had no idea about the Glasgow Humane Society that day. We were performing at the Glasgow show, which is no longer, which is a shame. And you were so kind enough to invite us down to the boats and we were chatting and we had a great day. And that was my first introduction to your amazing work. And then obviously I've just followed you ever since. (laughs) (laughs) I'm delighted that you remembered who it was. (laughs) But yeah, like there must be so many jobs just in the space of one day. Aside from saving lives yeah. that you must need to do. The opportunity only comes to people who are prepared. And, I mean, for example, something as simple as emptying the water out of the boats. We've got different boats for different purposes. Right, okay. And not all boats are covered, so they're open to the rain. Sometimes two or three times a day, if it's raining heavily, you've got to empty the water out of the boat, oh, just right. bail the boats. Because water is heavy, and if you're rushing to a rescue or doing something, you be you, down, you've got to move fast. Excess water, you can't yeah, have yeah. excess water in the boats. Gosh, we, right. we, just just wee things like making sure you've got boats. You, we, well, not so much now, but we had boats on trailers, and mm-hmm. uh, there's there's still three boats in the back garden on trailers. You just got to make sure that you the tires are blowing up hard, that you've got everything everything sitting there absolutely ready to move mm. I mean I mean it really it really is eccentric I mean when you go to bed at night I'm sure there's other people do it especially the forces never will do it but everything you take off if you take off a shirt you've got to, and it goes inside out you've got to put it back the proper way again because you could get a call in the old days I could get a call at three four in the morning mm that there was a police car on its way to pick us up and you've just got to be ready in seconds. So everything's got to be lying there. So that, you know, you're not going to a drawer looking for a pair of socks. And and even if you look at our front door just now, the life jackets lying there, there's Mm. Wellingtons, there's boots, whatever you need for what is happening. Are all there ready? Yeah, it's that military style kind of organisation position. I mean, I've I've even been out. I've I've actually ran out in the boat and wear my (laughs) pyjamas. You're carrying the stuff that you had that you lifted on the way out. And and that day, I remember well, was uh, I was going out in the motorboat, and after starting the outboard motor and starting moving up river to where the sea was, I'm actually putting the oil skin. A complete oil skin boiler scoot in mm-hmm. top of my pajamas. PJs. I mean, it's not. It's, it's, it's not rocket science. It's no. just, just. It's what you do. Yeah. And as I, I say, it relates. For you. It relates well to, as I say, for example, William being examined. He understands that perfectly because mm-hmm. they had to move so fast. It's a. This is a. This is a. This is good teamwork. You know? So your relationship with William, like, is that something that's recent? Is he joined? Yeah, he's been mean? here now for four and a half, nearly five years. Okay. So it's good. And you must just feel like 
he's part of the family oh, if you're yeah. working so closely yeah. together yeah that, see, that, that's something I was talking to the Queen's Watermen down in they were up at a wedding in Scotland last weekend, the Royal Watermen, and they were all talking now. They're very, very conscious of it's a family affair. And some of their families, the Spencers and the Dwans, have been in one job for 400 years. Mm-hmm. And they were saying to me, this should be family, it shouldn't be strangers that are coming. And I said, no, no, no. The name Parsonage doesn't really mean anything. We're very proud of it, proud of what my dad did, proud of what I did. But the main thing is, it's a Humane Society officer. Whoever they are, it doesn't matter who they are. They're part of a bigger family. Of course. Of and that's course. what the people in London, I can understand where they come from. Mm. And yet at that's the same time, yeah, but at the same time, no. Yeah. If anybody wants to join the family, let them join. This idea of blood, no. That's not how you gone. do things. No. No. It's not. It's not humanity. Yeah. At the You're end a very of the open day. person, George. Like I feel like I've known you for ages, and I have, but I've not seen you for a long, <laughs> long time. But you have that. You have that air about you that you're a welcoming person, a friendly person, the kind of person that would gladly pass over the knowledge to somebody if they're keen, if they oh, want yeah. to know. Yeah. Because essentially, what you do is a very, very important job. You must pass. On, you must pass on. Yeah. Your knowledge. Mm. There's an awful lot of that in the world that it's a bit of a shame that older people are not always prepared to pass on their knowledge to the youngsters we must we Mm. must do that you pass on your knowledge to the youngsters and to the less experienced that's very important and that was obviously something your dad did for you oh yes can you think Uh, of any one piece of advice that your dad maybe passed on to you the greatest thing my dad told me was we're boatmen. If somebody's in the water and they need help, you go by a boat. You do not enter the water. And if if we end up in the water, my dad did it, I've did it. If you end up in the water, you've made a mistake. You're at the wrong place at the wrong time mm-hmm. without your equipment. Mm-hmm. And after one of my first rescues by going out swimming in the water, my dad just looked at me and he said, do not play the hero too often. And I think that was a very, very mm. deep comment. Yeah. Very deep comment. And he also used to say that there ever could be a good friend, but a very cruel master. Wow. You have to really, really watch waterways. Mm. They can be wonderful. I had a lovely time rowing up and down the river yesterday. The... Lord Provis was out in the boat with me. She had a she she was a she was a rower back in Helsinki and oh, she came out in the boat with me yesterday. Mm-hmm. We had a lovely time. Wonderful to row up and down the river, mm. see the wildlife and everything. But at the same time that river could turn nasty yeah. on you. Yeah. You've got to be so you've got you've got to weigh up the of good course. You're fighting the river all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's its own aye. it's got its own life. Oh yes, uh, unpredictability about it. Yeah. Have you had the opportunity to have conversations with people that you have had to save or families of people that you've saved and how how has that impacted your work? Very few people that you rescue from the river keep in touch because most of them have made what they think is a silly mistake 
and that's why they entered and they ended up in the water. I've had one or two over the years as a chap from Glasgow University who definitely owed his life to my father and I's rowing ability. He'd have been dead in seconds if we hadn't gone. And he, he acknowledged that fact. And we're not really in touch, but I could lift the phone just now, you know, and speak yeah, to yeah, him. Yeah, of course. And there's one or two in the rowing world who see it, but most most of the real big rescues, no. Mm-hmm. You never, no. never hear another no. cheap from them. Some of the families of people that you have recovered from the river, keep in, keep in touch. There, 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 was, there was one man, which was, it was rather nice, his wife, very, very nasty situation. His wife had ended up in the water and let's just say she wasn't very well. Mm-hmm. And that was a very, a very, very good rescue. She had been attacked by a knife and thrown into the water. It was nasty. Jeez. And he loved her so deeply that every Christmas after that, he sent me a card. I've no idea where they lived. I had no other contact, but every Christmas a card came in saying thank you from him and his wife mm. uh, up until she finally died and mm-hmm. I don't hear any more. But that, that, that was a, that was yeah, a nice, that was a nice gesture, always you know. always on their mind, they're always thankful for the work that you did. He, he definitely, well, that was definitely a case of somebody who yeah. really, really loved his wife for all her faults and all her problems. He really loved her, and that, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. But human beings, we're yes. all, we've all got our faults. We've yes. all, you know, when nobody's perfect, have. you know. No. And if you can find someone who loves you despite all that. Yep. And as I say, there's been there's been there's been one or two. And your wife, Stephanie. Yeah. She was a roar. She was a roar. Yes. Like competitively. Yes, she. Aye, rode, I read that. She rode for both England and Scotland. Goodness, right. And she was on. Uh, she was on the periphery, the right. short lead of the team for the the Seoul Olympics. She, she was involved in the squad, but Goodness. never got selected. That's the way it goes. Of course, aye. it's tough o- business. That. A, oh, it's a tough. Yeah. Can I ask uh, how you've met? Yeah, she came up here to. She she decided to come up and do some work in Glasgow. She joined the Clyde Rowing Club and she was rowing up and down, and. Partly true, partly joke. They say that uh, one day she capsized and uh, I went out and got her out of the water and thought she looked good in her wet t-shirt and the rest is <laughs> history, yeah. But, uh, oh, we've had a wonderful time. We're so lucky and mm. we've got two wonderful children, you know. It's, it's nice. And we never, we never encourage them to row, but they're both rowing is an awful right? now, okay. yeah. Ben has represented Scotland now quite a few times, and wow, he'll be going down in a few weeks' time to the British Trials. They're all racing, as I said, they're all racing tomorrow. Right. And when you say you didn't encourage it, was it just that you wanted them just to do whatever they wanted to do? Yes. There is nothing worse in my mind. I'm sorry if this offends people, but I do not like seeing parents pushing children Mm. to try to. And Stephanie and I did so much rowing. It was definitely not fair for us to... We don't want the children to try to emulate what we've done or to try to outdo what we've done. We just want them to enjoy themselves. And we're very lucky that they are enjoying their rowing without it 
taking over their life. I they've think got, that's a very important bo- message. They've both got very good careers at university. Mm-hmm. Ben's doing a PhD now in space travel at Starclyde, and Goodness. Christopher's doing physics at Starclyde. Clever laddies you've, you've brought in this world. Uh, it must be Stephanie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's, that's nice. Yeah, but for them, obviously, their own is a hobby, and that's nice to have a hobby. Yes. It's a wee bit more than a hobby, but mm. it's not taking over them. No, no. It's not taking over them. No, life. they have other interests. No, as I say, tomorrow's going to be a big, big race, aye. Aye. That'll be. Ben won it last year. Right. Don't know, he's, he's got very good opposition. Okay. Tomorrow there's an ex-world champion racing tomorrow. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be fun in games. I mean, but, you can go faster. Yeah. <laughs> if you got somebody like that going against you. Goodness. The only one of the family that's not racing tomorrow... I'll I'll be out there racing, mm-hmm. but I'll I'll be racing. But I'll be giving extra. What I do is I row the race now in one of the lifeboats, which allows me to give extra safety cover for the race. Got you. Uh, Stephanie will be racing. Ben will be racing. Young Christopher, he wants to look after his novices, so he'll be up the bank giving safety cover. He'll be up with throw rope and stuff up the bank right. and just making sure that all his young prodigies from the university are, mm. are safe you know it's Aye, nice it's lovely it, it really is nice and to be active and be outdoors and, is very yep. important you and know? I'll have uh, Ben's godfather will be down here help me to give safety cover for the race too brilliant and so will some old some old friends so Aye. it's nice Aye. it's nice to it's have that community around yeah. you you know we have yes. like a a community of and people of course, who are like-minded. Yeah. And of course, William will be in charge of the yes. overall mm. additional safety cover for the race. So, And I saw recently, it was you were working with Glasgow taxi drivers in terms of making sure that they've got life rings, am I right? Did the, I read that correctly? The taxi drivers, the, the, there's three or four different groups. One of them is the taxi drivers. Right. They've all got great ideas for improving the safety along the river. We've got to try out all these ideas, make sure whether they work, whether they don't Mm. work. But one of the things that cropped up was this vandalism to life belts, which happens everywhere. I mean, I've got a poster from 1860 complaining about the vandalism to life belts. And at one point when I mentioned the vandalism, I got an email from a friend in the Isle of Jersey, you know, the Millionaire's yes. Paradise, yeah, yeah. to say, don't worry, it's not a thing about Glasgow, it happens here too. Right. So it happens wow. all, all over. But we had all these uh, this vandalism going on. So the taxi drivers were pointing out to us the number of times they saw the life belts missing from their stances on bridges. So I had a wee word with them and said to them, why don't you start carrying a life belt and a throw rope in your taxis? Because you're driving back and forward. It's the same as we've got, we're trying to get all the firms that are down the riverside to keep a life belt and a throw rope mm. on their premises and f- also for their concierges or, you know, people maybe at an all night petrol station to do a wee bit of training on how to use them. Mm. All the casinos have them. Right, aye. STV, the, mm. the Science Museum. And the idea is we're, we're not trying to make people into lifeguards. But if you're working, say you take the, the Crown Plaza and Motor House Hotel, yeah. you're working at the desk in there. And the law of averages, three in the morning, somebody will come in and say, there's somebody in the water out there. And the, the life belt's been vandalised. Mm-hmm. 
So the concierge can run out carrying a life belt and a throw rope and either do a rescue or at least try to do a rescue without endangering their own life. We're not trying to make people into lifeguards. But if if they didn't have the life belt and the throw rope with them, these decent people might try to enter the water and do something silly. Mm. And I've taken too many, I've taken the bodies of too many people out of the water who have gone in there trying Trying to to rescue someone else. So we put this to the taxi drivers and so far there's two taxis that I know of going around with a throw rope and a life belt and we have heard that others are going to follow suit. There is a time gap because the people have got to find They've got to find time to come down, of course. do the things. Mm. So, but if one more, one more person has well, it, is it, then that's uh, one uh, more life potential saved. If, if two mean? are carrying it, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's if, a win. If we, if you we know? get three, fine. If we get forty, but like you say, always thinking, using that knowledge of you've collated over the years of what we need to do to keep people safe on the water. Mm-hmm. Then, if that's another evolution of your work, great. One of the things we did a number of years ago was we trained up uh, part workers right. on how to use right. it. And although, I mean, there must be 30, 40 life belts along, for instance, in Glasgow Green along the edge of the water, right. you never know when one is going to be vandalised. So what we're, asked, what we're doing again, we've revived this, mm. and William will be given training to the part men within the next few weeks, what we're revived is, they're all on phones now, uh-huh. so they can all phone each other. Yeah. So if they see something happening in the river, one van will be carrying a throw rope and a life belt in its, yeah. in its vehicle in the park. Great. That'll not just be Glasgow Green, that'll be Kelvin Grove, Hoggenfield, yeah, yeah. everywhere. So that if they do see an accident, they'll phone that. Brilliant. Because we can't get around, you'll never get around the van, that's No. It's no. never going to no, stop. unfortunately not. But... We've got, a lot, we've got a lot of ideas, new ropes, the the Spears family who lost their son in the water, they've uh, campaigned and been very successful, that's going to happen, we're getting fancy ropes for the life belts, the cabbie wants the Samaritan telephones right. and that's going, that will begin out soon, mm. in fact some of the places are already Goodness. established along the river so... That's and tremendous. they say, we'll just need to wait and see how they work. Aye. And if they save one life, that's marvellous. Worth all the effort then. Yes. All the effort. Yes. George, do you get a day off? I think I know what you may be doing your day off. <laughs> your artwork. I like my artwork, yes. I must admit. And you're a tremendous artist. Thank you. Where do you get that from? Well, I've always been interested in art. When I left school, I was very lucky that uh, I got accepted for the Macintosh for the for the art school in Glasgow, and I was even surprised when my mum and dad said, "Just go for it." Wow! And I went up and I did five years at the Macintosh, and then got my travelling scholarship to Italy, and I've just enjoyed it ever since. Goodness! And I, I specialise mostly in welded sculpture, mm. but I'm looking at one right now. Yes, <laughs> just just after leaving art school, I was making a reasonable name, but I realised that what you were doing was what other people wanted you to do, not necessarily what I wanted. So I got out of that race in about 1973, 
I get involved in the McMillan Cancer exhibition and uh, we've raised a lot of money over the years. Fantastic exhibition. Mm. So I would make maybe 30, 40 pieces of sculpture a year and they would go to the McMillan Cancer exhibition. But uh, four years ago, they just stopped the exhibition. So my sculpture just lies and I just make it and I give a, I give a piece away occasionally. I gave mm. a piece to that wedding I was at the other day. The bride and groom got a sculpture, you know. Lovely, lovely. So, and what does, you, what does your art do for you that the river can't? It's a, it's a release valve. I love doing my art. I should do more now, but uh, it, it's actually quite difficult because because I don't go around and exhibit and sell stuff. Where do you store it all? Plus the fact that sculpture is a difficult... People can hang a painting up on the wall, but everybody doesn't have room for a piece no, of sculpture. this is, this is true. But that's a problem. I'll leave the boys someday, innit? <laughs> they'll, have, they'll have all this sculpture and they'll say, what in earth? They, they, could, they could sell it for scrap since it's, since it's metal Your sculpture. Your work is you know? amazing because that day that we met you, the cupcakes went out in the boats and I left my mammy, <laughs> Riverside, and you introduced her to your amazing art and we came back and she was like eh, wait till I tell you George is an artist and we're like is there no end to this man's talent <laughs> but uh, yeah your work's incredible it Thank really you. is and um, yeah it's nice to know that you do have an outlet something just for you George because obviously what you do as much as you get so much enjoyment out of your work on the river it, it is for the to the benefit of other people, so it's nice yeah, to hear that you've got something you. for you. And I and I like listening to music when I want to relax. It's right. What kind I of music are you into? I, I, I like Italian opera. And is that from your time in spent in Italy then? Yeah. Wait, yeah. So whereabouts in Italy were you? Mo- mostly. Well, I went on to the continent, did a tour of most of the continent. And I moved down and stayed for quite a while in the area of Venice. Right. And then moved down to Rome. Venice was the main place. Aye. I fell in love with Venice, yeah. That's one place. That's, it's on my uh, bucket list. I'd love to go to Venice. Well, it's, it's a wonderful place. Mm. Where else would a boatman want to be? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Always run to the water. And oh, have you taught art? Have you? I taught art for a long number of years. Mm. That was one thing my parents drummed into me that uh, it would be nice to, you know, have the the belt and braces you know you could Hmm. maybe just live as an artist or as a boatman so I went and taught for quite a while and I'm very pleased an awful lot of my former pupils still keep in touch with me that's lovely I had a lovely time and and of course I could pass an awful lot of my safety work on to the pupils in the school yeah of course and as I said there'll be there'll be former pupils coming down to help us at the race tomorrow and several of the coaches throughout Britain are all former pupils. That, Gosh, that's, that's, that's nice. So it was at high school predominantly yeah, you were working. Yeah. In? They 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 come down to the river to learn to row and things, and that's lovely. They've gone further than I've ever gone, and uh, became very very good coaches. You know? So mm, it's nice. It's a nice. nice. It's a nice little. You're just nice a man who brings people together. I feel you must just enjoy other people's company and being around other people. We're all the same. Sometimes you like company. Sometimes yeah, you like being in your own. Just yeah, well, I guess your art will do that when you're is, creating. Yeah. You know, it's nice that you've got something you can do on your own. Yeah, you go down and do a bit of sculpture, and mm. you put some nice music on, and just <laughs> go on with your sculpture. And Lovely. You don't want to see him until you, yeah, 
It's almost like a, a form hours, of meditation, yeah. isn't it? Taking yourself away and doing yes. your thing and just getting yes. into your I'm a very, a very lucky man that way, yeah. Mm. Is there stuff on the list that you would like to achieve next? Is there places you would like to go? Is there art you would like to make? Is there something to do with the river that you're always striving for? Art-wise, mm. I don't know what I'm trying to call whether I'll do much more or not. That time will tell that. River-wise, yeah, there's always stuff. There's always safety stuff to be done in the mm-hmm. river. Sometimes things grind very, very slowly, you know. We're only talking Tuesday about a safety aspect that we asked for about six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. and it's not been completed yet. Sometimes things... Sometimes things mm, take a long, take time. a long time. Councils have got to do an awful lot to make sure these things are correct and they've got to raise the funds and prove that it's worthwhile. And mm. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I'm very, very glad that uh, both uh, the app that we've done, about all, we've got all the 600 light belts roughly in Glasgow from Carmyle down to Yoker. We've got them on an app now and it's out on an app with a council. And it's also out in an app now with uh, One Scotland, with Police Scotland. Oh, right. So that is going to be, that's a that's a huge thing. But as I say, it goes on all the time. Like, you know, one year they'll do the clearing of the banks and then they haven't got the, the resources to mm-hmm. do it the next mm-hmm. year. And you find that two years later, or maybe three years pass and it becomes overgrown and suddenly it's a problem again. Yeah, yeah. And, but... They've got to catch up on it. Of course. Things, things, oh, things are never, things are never going <laughs> to stand still for very long. But I mean, Glasgow's good. I mentioned about us giving out, giving a, encouraging people to keep life belts and throw ropes on their premises. Mm-hmm. Well, only a couple of weeks ago, I've, I've got this uh, network of rowers all over, all over Britain, possibly all over the world who read our Facebook and listen to our safety comments and things. And within the last couple of weeks down in the city of York, they're having a lot of trouble with people falling in the water. Right. So fire and rescue, as far as I know, well, it was in the papers. Aye, aye. Fire and rescue and the RNLI went along the front at York and all the pubs and restaurants and that there have all been given throw ropes and go. light belts to keep mm. which is copying Glasgow mm. and I think I think that's that's marvellous the, 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 yeah. the, the word, the word is, is spreading aye. one thing about Glasgow that I keep saying Glasgow do not hide their problems we will tell people what the problems are mm. on the river the number of people that fall in that are rescued or don't unfortunately get rescued we don't hide the facts yeah. Whereas you go to somewhere like Amsterdam or Venice, you'll never get the facts from them. No. Ne- they'll yeah. never reveal them because that, that would be bad for the tourism, yes, wouldn't I. it? But let me assure you, there are places around the world that the statistics would be far worse, far worse than Glasgow. Glasgow is good safety-wise, but we don't mind admitting our mistakes. And that's one of the lovely things about Glasgow. It really is. Yeah. I think you're spot on. Have you been awarded for your efforts, George? And for you, what are those rewards or awards? I've collected a lot of awards over the years. And it's always nice to get awards. I've got 
honorary degrees from universities, I've got medals, I've got different things. If you're, if you're in the water drowning, you want to see a boat coming for you, you don't want to see a swimmer coming Aye. out to you yeah. that might or might not get, well, they might get you, but they might not make it back to the bank with you. Yes. You want a boat and you're lifted into the boat, but the media idea of a rescue of bravery is mm. jumping, jumping in. in. So, yeah. in actual fact, I get into trouble for this in a big article once. You get a medal for being stupid. The big bravery medals were given for going in the water. And I think that is so stupid it's untrue. My dad agreed with me again. We're boatmen. George, I do these things called the thingamabobs, right? Uh, they're a list of questions. Um, and I've picked out a few for you. It just gives us a bit more insight to who George is. Are you up for the thingamabobs? Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Yeah. Best day you've ever had? Oh... No, there are two best days. Right. Three best days. You can have three. One, meeting Stephanie and each of the boys getting born. Brilliant. I love it. Autobiography title, George. That's a good one. <laughs> I think I think it just needs to be called Riverman. Everybody say everybody says it could market me as a Riverman. Yeah. So it's got to be a Riverman. Yeah. Do you know who coined that phrase first? Yes. Right. It was an Australian couple that uh, they're they're international singers and what happened was the BBC made a programme it was a young lady who had lost somebody in the river it wasn't BBC it was maybe your anyway it was one of the companies made a programme called Now It's Gone and it mentioned me as the river man and there was this Australian folk singing couple and they were in Australia mm-hmm. and they read this they saw this programme and they thought that's fabulous and they wrote a song called The River Man wow. and they went around singing it and then they got a European tour and they arrived in Glasgow and they got out the train in Queen Street mm-hmm. went into George Square walked up to a policeman and said, we've written a song called The River Man about this chap, George Parsonage in Glasgow. Do you know if he actually exists? Jeez, oh. And they were put into a police car and brought straight down. <laughs> and they did a couple of concerts for us. Wow. Just, just in the upstairs parts of local pubs. Aye. I mean, it was very unofficial. That's so cool. And they still sing the... the it's recorded in one of their big albums and we still keep in touch. That's lovely. But that's, that's really where Riverman came from. Aye. Gosh, what a story. What does the world need more of? Peace. Enough said. If you could only hear one song from now on, what would it be? I'll never, I'll never get fed up listening to Visidarte. In fact, my double skull boat that I did so much rowing in and still hold the, the record for Loch Ness in. It's a, way get, it's a way down in London getting repaired just now. But that boat is called Visidarte. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, because people name their boats. Yep, Visidarte, Visidamore. Uh, Lovely. Wonderful. George, do you have? A favourite Scottish word or phrase? 
I love old Scottish words, gunner and glake it and, and a wonderful, it's a wonderful language. Mm. This house was one of the tests for the, the census. Yes. And one of the questions in the census was use of Scots language. Oh yeah, we use it. Yeah. So many wonderful words. Mm. Yeah. Scunnert and Glaker are wonderful ones. They're they're just so many. The other thing is there's the Lowland Scots, but then there's all the dialects from all the various areas. Mm. It's absolutely fascinating. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Took me a long time to find out what a queen was, you know. (laughs) Well, George, you've no scunnered me today with your wonderful storytelling. And I'm honoured to know you. We met that one day and it was just a chance encounter and I'm in awe of everything that you're doing and have done. I think you're a wonderful person and you are definitely in the Braw Brave clan now. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.